when you start taking on a challenge, maybe you should not look at it as a challenge first if it's something completely new, but just give it a try and uh, try it just a few times. And then after that, you can commit to it. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. We bring you leaders acting on their environmental values because too many people told me, I want to act, but if others don't, then what I do won't matter. We're here to make it obvious that you're not alone. You're part of a global community, a majority. Also, too many people told me, doing small things doesn't make enough of a difference and big things take too much work. Action matters more than the size you start with. You'll hear how action motivates guests from small things to doing big things. You won't find guilt, blame, doom, gloom, or telling people what to do. You will find leading without relying on authority, which brings what I found missing from acting on environmental values. Joy, discovery, growth, community, meaning, purpose, value, sharing. With global demand for environmental action, I bet you'll see that acting on your values doesn't distract from your life and career. Following these leaders' footsteps and beyond enjoying the environment, I bet you'll see promotions, raises, more loyalty and trust in your relationships, and more. A three-month transition from something he did daily to something he targets doing once a month feels pretty big to me, and he shares thoughtfully and in depth how his transition went. So if you're thinking about doing one or you're doing one, I recommend listening to how it goes for him because I think it'll help you feel not alone, that it'll, you'll feel like part of a team. You'll also hear how doing one change led him to doing several other changes as well based on him enjoying the process. I'm not sure enjoying, but based on him getting reward from the process. You'll also hear how it's affected other people. So simply by changing to live by your values generally leads you to become a leader of others, that others will follow you. So let's listen. Balint Horvat was the first guest that I interviewed. And I've done a whole bunch of interviews since then because he has taken on one of the bigger challenges of all the people who I've had on the show. So as I remember, you normally would eat meat every day, several times a week. Yeah, I try to have it every day, typically. And, oh, you day. try to. It's not like you kind of do, Just, but yeah, because uh, sometimes I, you know, I I, I want to have the right amount of protein intake. So meat has a lot of protein, and usually I I think that you know if I go out and I eat somewhere in let's say in in a, in a restaurant or a canteen that. I need to have my protein intake, and the first thing that comes into my mind, and also in the mind of the cook, is is protein is is meat because of course you can have vegetable vegetarian food, but it's not as typical, not as common here as meat based dishes. I'm glad that you started off with that, so that people listening don't think, oh well, Josh doesn't eat meat, so his friends probably don't eat meat, so it's no big deal that he's not eating meat for some time. But for you, it's something that you you consider valuable enough that you put effort into eating it, not just, and I take it, even if it wasn't full of, uh, if it if, even if for not nutritional reasons, do you like it? I, I do like it, the taste, but now thinking about it, chewing it, it can become a little bit messy because it can stay between your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if I was eating something else, like veg- vegetable-based things, some of them, like let's say mushrooms, they are not as strong in terms of uh, in terms of getting between your teeth. Are you saying this change has come as about about over the past three months, or did you feel that way before? Yeah, I I, I do think that uh, many things have have changed and crossed have crossed my mind as a result of the ch- personal challenge. Yeah, I and actually I do want to 
take on new challenges. And yeah, I, I, I have actually quite a few things to, to share. Yeah, regarding this, you know, the challenge was that, uh, can I cut down on my meat consumption? Specifically beef, because uh, beef is really, really bad for the, for the environment because of, you know, the amount of water that is needed to, to produce uh, beef, like half a kilogram. For half a kilogram, you need 20,000, um, liters. I still remember this number. I, I, because it's uh-huh. just a really yeah, short number. And yeah. this is, that's totally independent of any greenhouse. This is just pure resource depletion. Yeah. So whether you believe in the greenhouse effect or not. So, but you're talking about resource depletion and probably pollution things too. Yeah, it's not sustainable at all. And I wanted to, you know, for a long time, I was just talking about it and thinking about it, how bad it is, but I didn't do much about it. And thanks to you, I uh, took on this challenge. And what I can report on is that I ate beef. um, And the challenge was that then for the next three months, I was supposed to eat just uh, three times. So until end of October. And it happened four times. Uh, Once... I have to say that it happened because uh, I accidentally, I misunderstood the German word, which is Cobb, which means veal, uh, when I bought dinner, and it was too late. I already got it, and I didn't want to throw it away. Uh-huh. And how did you make it happen? Did you, were there big changes? Did you have to change how you cooked at home? Did you change, like, what, what were the facts of what you did? Oh, uh, yeah. So going back to the time when uh, this happened, I usually try to eat meat, especially beef, when I'm out. But also sometimes actually, um, I, I eat at home a beef, for example, in, in, in lasagna. So I remember very well because I, I wanted to keep track of these, um, you know, uh, when I have beef and I ate once beef lasagna, a Big Mac, um, apparently outside and meatballs. And of all it, the meat you could eat, you went for a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. That's your taste. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I do like, uh, burgers. I can, eat it almost any time. So for me, that was a big challenge. How I ca- how can I cut down on the burger consumption? Because normally burger comes with beef. But actually, I found a way to still keep on eating burger, but just not with beef, but with chicken inside. So chicken burgers, the turkey burgers, yeah. veggie burgers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's already a nice step forward in terms of sustainability. So I'm very happy about it. And uh, the other thing is that, you know, I started going more to the fam- to my favorite uh, restaurant, one of my favorite restaurants here in Zurich. It's a vegetarian restaurant, um, quite popular, actually, because they have really, really delicious food. So I started uh, uh, discovering more of their different dishes. Mm-hmm. And that was also really, really good. So I would like to keep on, you know, exploring that and also at home in my in, in the kitchen preparing more vegetarian food yeah this happens all the time it's including with me is that a lot of people you think i'm not going to do x so you think you don't think of what you are going to do instead so like for me not traveling the alternative is not sitting at home twiddling my thumbs the alternative is figuring out other things and then people who think that they can't figure anything out that's a statement of their own lack of i don't know initiative or imagination but like you're saying you found lots of other things yeah the other thing that uh, I wanted to, to emphasize is that I picked up even more routines and habits. So since around July, so around the time when we had the conversation, I started taking cold showers every ah, morning. I love it. Uh-huh. 
So for anyone who's, who doesn't know, I, I've been taking cold showers every fourth day for the past, <laughs> I forget, three years or something. I'm up at like uh, several hundred cold showers. And yeah, it's a tremendous – okay, how does it work for you? It's, it's amazing. I do it every day, every morning, um, but in such a way that I do it for like two minutes. I have a hot shower like on the edge of being able to – of my being – of my tolerance. So – and then I just – turn the tap to the coldest possible and this gives me a huge boost in the morning because two things because of two things one is that i'm happy i'm smiling after that it's uh, physiologically it's proven that it gives you happy hormones and second it makes my immune system um stronger and actually, the, the, the last thing that i wanted to add is that if you can survive a cold shower you can survive anything during the day yeah, I call, I mean, the word I use is invigorating. I find that a cold, I've never left a cold shower not fully invigorated. Yeah, it's, the physical sensation is a small part of it. It's an important part. But look at your heroes in life. Did they get there by eating cookies and ice cream, watching TV, or did they take on challenges? And if you learn the skills of taking on challenges, that it increases what you can do in life. And I think that, and if you're looking for areas to do this, cold showers is one. But I don't think, I mean, a lot of people, can, they're like, well, should I do it with work, with family, with relationships of other sorts or w- making money or whatever? Well, if you do it with respect to the environment of improving whatever your values are, of improving your effect on the environment based on your values, you're going to develop these skills. And that's and you're going to end up doing things like Balint is doing, that it's like you do one thing and you realize this was easier than I thought. Or maybe it's challenging, but you live up – if you rise up to the challenge and develop those skills, then the next one is easier, even if it's equally hard when you're – if it's equally hard to do, but your skills are greater, then it will feel easier. And if you're ever looking at a way to improve your life, doing something with respect to the environment is generally a pretty safe place to do it. And the effects are just as great. Yeah. When you start taking on a challenge, maybe you should not look at it as a challenge first if it's something completely new. But just give it a try and uh, try it just a few times. And then after that, you can commit to it. Because, you know, if you commit to it from the beginning, from the very first moment, you might be intimidated of the big challenge that, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I will take a shower, cold shower, or I will not eat beef um, so regularly for the next half a year. That's, that sounds like a big challenge. But uh, I think if you st- start with baby steps, but, you know, you, you should not make do the baby steps for a long time because then it's, it's, it's not a challenge anymore. But... Just have baby steps and then uh, start the challenge. So, okay, so now let's talk about results. How does it feel now? <laughs> it, it, it feels great. It feels great being different from other people when I go to, for example, a burger restaurant, when everybody around me is eating beef-based burgers and I'm eating chicken-based or I'm eating something else. So even actually when I was a... Uh, celebrating kind of like uh, the three-month challenge, the end of the three-month challenge. That was just a few days ago, like a week ago. I uh, went to a special craft beer restaurant in Berlin. I was at a conference there. And then everybody around me was eating meat. Actually, they had quite a lot of uh, beef on the menu. But I ordered uh, vegetable or vegetarian food, including mushrooms, and I loved it. And how did everyone else react? Were they like, what are you doing? 
Well, they, they reacted already strangely that uh, I was eating alone because it just happened like that. I was um, there alone. And uh, the second, yeah, that people think that the beer, it's only something salty and something meat would match. So, yeah, they were a, a bit surprised. But I think, again, one should not uh, care too much about what other other people think. If you think it's right, just do it. I'm going to actually add to that. It's not just not caring because that's kind of neutral. What I found over and over again is that people doing these challenges, at first they think or even if they either they think that dealing with other people is going to make it harder or they don't think about dealing with other people. And then when they interact with other people, it becomes hard, especially with like husbands, wives, girlfriends, boyfriends that they're like, you want you go not eat meat, but don't tell me what to do. You know, I don't know. They get that. But the people who make this stuff work. They make it work by using, by involving other people in it and making them allies, making them work with them. So I think that you're kind of, it sounds to me like you have, you, you, if I read you right, when you said you like the feeling of your interaction with other people, I forget exactly how you said it. Don't you feel really good about it? Yeah. I mean, also like, uh, around me, my girlfriend is eating now also less meat. So it does have an effect. I talk about it. And I think uh, I can, I at least I tend to tend to believe that I can inspire others that they should try it. So it does have an effect on my on my environment, on my relationships. Yeah, tell me more about the relation. What other relationships? Any good stories? How about your family? Yeah, I mean they were surprised, but now you know they are more aware of this of this issue because they see this challenge. So it. Uh, I think they they surprised they were surprised that I took on this challenge, and uh, yeah. So uh, you never know. Um, they might take on the challenge soon. We will ah, see. You can send them to my webpage soon. so they can do it there. Yeah. And then put in their testimonials. Yeah. So were there any hurdles? Was there anything that made it really hard? Well, it was it was the challenge. You know, it was for me, a really personal one. So the challenge was that when we went with some other people to a place where everybody else was eating beef or steak, or my girlfriend was wanted to prepare again beef lasagna because she loves preparing and then she prepares it brilliantly, then I had to say no. Um, but again, for me, it was not a, after a while, it was not a really, really big challenge. Um, so I could, you know, I will, I will, I would like to actually keep on doing it. So eating less beef. So this, uh, it sounds like an unqualified success. Is that putting too much onto it? (laughs) (laughs) You mean like unqualified success, meaning it was all good. I mean, you had challenges. I guess you, you had challenges here and there. You, you went over by 33%. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But it sounds like you want to do more. Like you, yeah, you might eat more. Maybe you'll eat more than one amount of beef, one serving of beef per month. Now I'm not sure, but it sounds like you want to you want to do the cold showers and probably and you're already doing the less clothing shopping. But it sounds like you want to do the next thing. Yeah, I have to think about it. What the next thing would be, because uh, in the last half a year I've already changed a lot in terms of uh, habits routines. But I can certainly take on more. For example, going back to the to running, regular running, uh, which I miss 
uh, because I have now a tight schedule. Mm-hmm. But I, I would love to do that. Um, but uh, I have to think about more uh, other challenges. Um, so it's interesting, ones. interesting to switch from environment to what would you call it, fitness? Yeah, yeah, but uh, true. But regarding sustainability, um, I mean, another thing, uh, I mean, since I, I got to know you more uh, that I pay attention to is uh, packaging, so mm-hmm. plastic packaging. And uh, I do, actually, since I, I, I started doing more this challenge, the beef challenge, I'm more I'm more aware of these sustainability topics in general. So I also consider plastic packaging, if I should take it or not. So even like like now, today, during lunchtime, I wanted to have a cake, but I could have bought it in a shop at a cheaper price. And uh, what I decided that I don't want to do that. Uh, I just want to get it in a cafe where I was at that moment. Um, And because if the price difference is not so high, um, I'd rather get it in a cafe where there's no packaging. Are you enjoying meeting this guest? Are you thinking about what you care about? I recommend making it active. Think about what you could do, not just analyze and plan, not do what others tell you to, but to live by your values. You'll enjoy your results, people will follow you more than you think, and you'll impact more than you expect. Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast for examples of what others have done. Balint and I are in touch a lot because he's helping me get my podcast started, but we're not talking about this so that the listeners can get everything. So did I tell you about my friend? Uh, she's Polish. She's been in America. I think she's a, an American citizen now. But she came to visit She came to visit with the carrot cake. Did I tell you about that? No. So she's in my neighborhood. She texts me and she says, I'm in your neighborhood. So I was like, come on by. So it's like the end of a work day. I think it was maybe last Friday or two Fridays ago. And I said, come on by. So she comes upstairs and she goes, Josh, I got some really good carrot cake. So I guess some cafe near me, she must have gotten some carrot cake. And she's like, have some. And I look at it and okay, so one, I don't, I avoid packaged food, so it's in a box, so I don't want to have it because it's in a box. And then I avoid uh, food where fiber has been removed. So there's like white flour, so that's fiber removed. There's sugar, so that's fiber removed. And then there's uh, oil, fat, or, so that's been fiber removed. So I don't want to eat it for like four different reasons. And she's like, "Come on, have some." And I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, "I don't, I don't want this." She's like, "Come on, live a little." And it, you know, it's interesting that in the time in the time that I've been doing this, it really has lost its appeal. Like I know that if I tasted it, I'd want to eat more of it. But I also know that it, the way I think of it is it wouldn't make my life better to eat this stuff. So I'm avoiding it and not avoiding it. I'm just not eating it because I don't want it. And she's like, come on. And she's, she's really confused because she thinks I'm trying to not – she thinks I'm using willpower and I'm not. And yeah. then – so I get all these vegetables for my CSA. I get so many vegetables. I'm like, what do I do with all this stuff? And so I've been fermenting stuff. And so I have some – it's called celeriac or celery root I think. And I've been – I put some salt on it and I was letting it ferment. And I say, try some of the, it, it, anyway, the conversation goes on from the cake. And then at some point, I'm like, I got this pickled stuff or fermented stuff. And I said, I want to try some. She's like, okay. And I, oh, and there's a jalapeno in there too. So it's mostly celery root, celeriac, whatever it's called. And uh, see, I don't care what it's called. I care about how the stuff tastes. So I give her a spoon of it and she, her eyes light up. She's like, <laughs> oh my God, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, isn't it good? It's like, she's like, what did you do? And I, I tell her how I made it and stuff. And it was really easy. It takes very little time. To, you just have to let it sit on your counter for a while. And uh, and she's eating more and more and more of it. And, she's, and she says, no wonder you didn't want what I brought. This is so much better. 
And I ended up having to give her a whole container full of it because she liked it so much because she was going through so, so much of it. And that's what happens. It, I grew up eating candy. I grew up eating ice cream. I love the stuff. And I know the taste of it. It still tastes as good as it ever did. But it's not as rewarding. It's not as, it doesn't, it, there's much more to food than just how it tastes on your tongue and how it feels going down your throat. And you know, when I was at West Point over the weekend or over the, the, earlier this week, I went to a couple places. They took me to these restaurants, and I had this one salad at a restaurant, and it was it was beet and arugula, and I don't know how to put it. Every every surface had like a, a layer of oil on it that they'd put oil and like completely distributed it all throughout, and the arugula didn't taste like arugula. It was just it didn't have any flavor, and the beets were like it like it was pleasing to my mouth but it was just the feeling of food going down my throat not arugula has so much peppery flavor i don't know how to describe the flavor of arugula it's really good sometimes it can taste have so much flavor you can't keep it in your mouth maybe not like a mustard green and i never knew that before but now i love it and it's i don't know how i got into this i'm sorry if i'm talking too long but uh it's there's so much more to food than just the superficial flavor and texture, it's how they fit together and all these other things. I, I was totally blind to for most of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not only the sweet stuff that one should be attracted to. Yeah. I mean, you can put oil on anything and it'll be palatable. But yeah. will it be what that vegetable or herb or whatever, what it, what it really has to offer, all these different complexities? I think... For a long time, I used to think New York has so many restaurants. We must be really, it must be some of the best food ever in, in all of human history. But now that I eat, I'm eating all these vegetables that are just from a farm, I'm thinking maybe I live in a time when we're so used to things being made bland and just sweet, salt, oil. Hmm. And maybe we used to eat really delicious for most of human history. I don't know. Right. I, this is just a, a, an idle thought. And But I can tell you that when I go to, even some of the really better New York City restaurants, it's still – they know it brings people back. It's sugar, fat, and salt. Yeah. And it's uh, – and now it's disappointing. And you know, it still tastes the same. I got to tell you, if you used to like something and that thing hasn't changed, but you like something so much more that you don't do the other thing anymore, the first yeah. thing anymore, that is like a clear sign that you've improved your life. If yeah. the old thing is not as good as the new thing, the new your life is better. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say no to something, like I, I said no to beef, then you you have you you start looking for alternatives that could replace it. So if I want to have my protein intake, I could look at some alternatives, alternative sources. And this is what I was doing. Yeah, I'll, here's a little thing that I found out after after decades of being vegetarian is that if you look at protein per gram of food, then meat is pretty high in protein. But if you look at protein per calorie of food, then a lot of plants are way higher. And what that means is that you have to eat a lot more of it, but you still get fewer calories. And so I'm ending up eating more food than most people in terms of total quantity of food, in terms of like mm -hmm. the mass of food, but 
fewer calories. And as long as I keep eating food that I like, I'm actually eating. It's like more pleasure. And, you know, you get all the fiber and nutrients and things like that. Not to mention the environmental stuff. Now I'm breaking all these rules about you. You should be talking more than me. <laughs> I'm curious. You, you, you talked about the environmental side of things, but the environment isn't you. Like, what's the value behind doing something for the environment? I mean, I think we talked about it last time, but I'm still curious. Like, is just because it's, it improves the environment by your values doesn't mean, like, what, what's, what are you doing internally for yourself? Is this making your life better? Or are you just helping others at your own expense? It does help me, as I said, because uh, it uh, I have to look for alternative ways of of getting uh, my intake, and I like challenges. I like creative process, the creative thoughts, coming up with new solutions. So, and uh, I like routine, but at the same time, I like also deviation changes, and it it gave me that that difference that boost that helped me i think experiment and start taking on putting on taking on other habits that i mentioned so i think it's a once you start it <laughs> probably you you cannot stop it the uh, process taking, the process of taking on new challenges and improving your life because in the end it's not just for the fun factor uh, which that is a new 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 something but it should be Something that improves your life. So you always wanted to change things, to take on challenges, but now, but you didn't yeah. really know which direction to go into, and this gave you direction. Yeah, yeah. It and just, then once, uh, yeah, it was like a tipping point for me, because as I said, that after that, since July, since around July, um, I've I've taken on like I don't know, three, four different uh, new routines. Quite a lot, actually. My morning is completely different, how it looks like. And uh, it's more routine-based. And, uh, I mean, like, so I do 40 push-ups. Uh, that's the first thing I do after a, a small um, a stretching. Then I go and uh, eat, have breakfast. Uh, no, then I do the meditation. So 15 minutes. Then I have breakfast. Um, then I the cold shower. You know, brushing my teeth, and before I was not doing these except for uh, for the breakfast. And people listen to my stuff. Great. And people listen to my stuff about all these habits of mine, and they think, or and all these challenges that I do, and they think it's like some big deal. But once you start, it becomes like, are these challenges getting easier and easier and easier, harder and harder, harder, or what? What? What's the level of difficulty with each one? Um. Well. All of these came at around the same time, so all of them were challenging to, you know, keep on doing it even when you don't feel like it. But because it, you, you're doing it every day, it's a, it becomes you're an autopilot. And when you're an autopilot, you can start thinking about other things in your life. Um, yeah. So, you know, Barack Obama, supposedly he was wearing one kind of, one color for his tie, and I think even his suit. Because and many they asked him why he's like because he has to do has to make enough decisions during the day, like that affects the world, that he doesn't want to use his limited capacity for doing such mundane things for deciding on such mundane things as as the suit. 
Yeah, so it's it really gives you freedom. I mean, I don't want to think about I want my mind to think about interesting, complex stuff that really yeah. matters, not if I'm going to take the stairs of the elevator. And so I just pick like all right, I'm going to go with the stairs and that's it, done. Now I'm on yeah. to now I have other things to think about. Yeah. So I started looking more and more into uh, also workflows because I ha- I'm doing the podcast. I'm uh, uh, naturally, or I'm, I'm I have a tendency of becoming more and more process based. So I'm looking at, at my workflow at work. You know, I'm looking at back to lean manufacturing because uh, I had a, I have a background in manufacturing, uh, so R and D manufacturing. I was a program manager in my previous position. So I had some exposure to lean principles, but now I'm looking at it some more, you know, like Muda, which is, uh, and the seven wastes of, of, of that, uh, which is, you know, transportation, uh, inventory, um, movement or motion. Uh, then you have, uh, you know, the. All right. We know you know it. And so on. <laughs> no need to show and, off. And so <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's really great that, uh, you have uh, that I have this uh, now more process based things because I can, as you said it, you can start thinking about the really creative stuff. So you're really using this to make your life better. Yeah. And I was not like that. Not, not as much. So I hope people are listening to this who are thinking to themselves, I want to improve my life in some way. And if you're intimidated by people who have amazing things going on in their lives, they started somewhere too. We all started crying babies in the, in the hospital and we all had to learn these things. And, you know, if the value that brought you here is leadership and self-leadership and making your life better by whatever your values are. Starting with the environment is such a safe way to do it and leads to all these things. And if you think, oh, it's too much for me, you just start. Anything to add or also anything that you want to share with the listeners? I mean, you said, you know, start, but uh, anything else? Well, I would say that the, the challenge the challenge doesn't have to be something amazingly big. It can also be something that has been right in front of your nose. You know, as the saying goes, sometimes you don't see the tree, the trees from the forest. So maybe you've already had something on your mind and uh, now maybe it's the right moment to try it. I like it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of not doing what I did for almost all my life of plan, 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 analyze, 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 just start. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> okay, thank you. For and the challenges. Um, It feels great. Those are his words, not mine. Now, your values won't necessarily be his, so stopping eating meat might not be your action, but there's something you care about in a similar way, maybe more, that when you take on a challenge with respect to it, you'll get the results that he did in terms of the sense of emotional reward. Note that in his case, awareness came second. Commitment and behavior came first. That's usually how it works. A lot of people think awareness, they use that as their goal, It's a nice milestone along the way, but if a lot of people, when they reach awareness, they stop and they don't go anywhere past there. Usually awareness comes after commitment and then behavior. Moving to cold showers and polluting less, those are choices of his, not mine. I didn't ask him to do those. I think he's doing it because if you do a small thing and it makes you, and that improves your life, then taking on more things will improve your life more. I think that's the perspective that he has. Does hearing leaders acting on their values make you think of yours? Nothing will make you feel better than acting on them. Value means better. Acting on your values means improving your life. Committing publicly helps many people and builds community too. If you want, click on Commit to a Personal Challenge to share what you do with this community. You'll be a leader among leaders. We're more than a podcast. 
we're a movement to share how acting on environmental values means fun, joy, growth, and so on, not sacrifice or deprivation. If you want to join or help, contact me at joshatspodak.net or at joshuaspodak.com slash podcast. You'll grow as a leader, you'll enjoy yourself, and the world and your communities will thank you for it. 